0: Excited to have the opportunity to uh, introduce our speaker today, Reuben David. We're good friends that go back a while. I originally met David when he came to teach in one of our Sunday school classes here say, quite a while ago. Reuben is a former visiting scholar from the Wilberforce Forum. He was born and raised in India, home to Hinduism and Islam and Buddhism. He is well versed in the practical realities of today's comparative religions. He has firsthand knowledge of religions, cults, and competing philosophies and ideologies, making him a popular lecturer and seminar leader. I'm excited to ask him to come up to this morning and share with us, thank you. It's a great joy and an honor for me to be here this morning. And I know the presence of God is here. The Holy Spirit of God is here. And those who can through the eyes of their faith can reach and say to God, I am hungry today. My soul is hungry. And my spirit is thirsty. Come and fill me. And I must tell you, the Holy One of Israel is ready to come and fill. Praise be to Jesus. Glory to God. I'm here this morning to take you into a journey. You know, back in India, I don't use this. <laughs> We're not used for scripts and planning. And, and I appreciate all of that in the Western world. I've lived here 17 years, so I understand the West and the East. You let God lose and let him minister unto us. Much of the Western world has limited God. As the people of Israel, the scripture says, "They limited the Holy One of Israel. It wasn't that God wasn't ready to show Himself in all of His power, in His glory, in in His manifestation. But the so-called people of Israel, the ones who knew Him, limited Him. Perhaps we are living in a time in America where our minds are consumed with many things and where our hearts' affections... Are on other things. And we have programmed God. We have programmed God. Sunday morning services back in India starts at 9 o'clock and goes on till 4 o'clock in the evening. Did you know that? (laughs) Because for those who have understood what it means to be touched by the Lord Jesus. What it means to be led into the presence of God. Time is, is, is non-essential. Time is, time is not even thought of because they are lost in the presence of God. And, and these are experiences of the thousands and millions of people who are outside of North America experiencing God in the midst of the seeming afflictions and persecutions. And here in the West, we get to sit in comfortable chairs and we have a conditioned buildings. And, and yet we are very edgy when it comes to time. And God will tell you, you give me 30 minutes and that's all you get it from me. And he will move on to China he will move on to India. God is no respecter of persons. A.W. Tozer has said, God goes where he is wanted. You want him, he will come. How deeply and how sincerely do you long for God? God. The the, the spiritual climate of North America is barren. It's barren despite of the affluence surrounding us. There There is a poverty in the spirit. But the spiritual climate of nations outside of North America is greener despite the persecution rising. F.W. Borham, one of the great writers. A man who could weave words and drive a prophetic message. Years ago said about when, when a nation evicts God, when, when, a, when a church evicts the Holy Spirit, he says things will happen like this. He writes... That the gospel, he says, is is more like a bird than a candle. Listen to that very carefully. He says the gospel is is, is more like a bird than a candle. When you blow out the light of a candle, the flame is gone forever. But if a bird is singing its song on one bough and you frighten it, it doesn't stop singing. It flies to another bough And continues with its song. The gospel is like that. The move of the Holy Spirit is like that. It may have been frightened here in the West. But it hasn't stopped singing its song. In other parts of the world. And it is singing loud. And tens of thousands or drawn into the presence. It is my hope and it is my prayer that the song of the gospel, that the presence of the Holy Spirit will find its way back into our rapidly, spiritually, deteriorating landscape of America. Apostle Paul writes uh, in First Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 and 5 as, as a text and you know, I am itching here to, to tell you everything God has given to me. But I'm looking at the clock too. I'm constrained by all of this. But keep an heart, an open heart. You don't want to limit God. You want to be in a posture and, and say to God, God, talk to me, fill me, Lord I need you, I want your presence, I've been going to church for years but still my heart is empty Lord, And I know most of you are there and this morning by faith I want to tell you the spirit of God is here, is, is willing to move into those hearts already and a wanting to be filled. Paul writes. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. I have come to you with a lot of difficulties. I've been moving around preaching. I've been afflicted and, and I've been in all the rough terrains of life. And, and somebody who goes through all of that. The vicissitudes of life will drag you from the presence of God. Because people have a lot of questions in suffering. But Paul writes, but my message and my preaching. Watch these words, are very powerful in the scripture. My message and my preaching, if this were characteristic of the larger American church, it would look very different. He writes, but my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words or wisdom. But, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. I'm reading from this book. It is in this book. Not some men formulating those words. It's right here. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why? So that so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. It may not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Tozer, a man who could peer prophetically into the way the churches were happening in this nation, wrote these words long time ago, and I think those words are very real to us this morning. He writes, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everybody would know the difference. Many, many years ago, in the southern part of India where I was born and raised, we all listened to a fascinating story of a man of God who was touched in ways and means like in the book of the Acts of the Apostles, and it is still being written around the world. It talks about the man, and, and, and I want to bring to you from my heart that which I experienced growing up in India, and I visit India almost every year, and this man was born in a strong, devout Hindu family. I'm talking about people who are ardent worshippers of pagan gods and people worshiped trees and the stones and the animals and he was in this family but when he was very small the parents found out that he had a peculiar problem because he was coughing up blood all the time and being a Hindu family they thought perhaps the child is cursed. Because a child is coughing up blood all the time. Superstitious beliefs of the religions would drag them into such conclusions. And he was indeed coughing up blood all the time. And uh, his father was a priest. And his grandfather was a priest. And his great-grandfather, they were all priestly class who were used to animal worship. And they were used to drinking the blood of the animals as a form of worship to their gods. One day it so happened that the family thought, well, this child is cursed and we cannot have this child in our home. And so they asked the little child, I mean, now he's grown as a teenager, he's been asked to leave and his, and his mind is now broken. He becomes an insane man and he's unable to hold himself and he's walking the streets on a heart. Afternoon, he catches himself under the sweltering heat as he fumbles around takes the steps and dry from thirst and hungry for food but yet a broken mind and an insane self that he has no idea who he is now and he's ambling along the road down And he picks up a strange sound of songs coming from a small hut as he passes by. The songs are very, very lifting and then he moves on. But as he's trying to walk out of the road, the dirt track, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he looks into the sky and he sees a pair of eyes beaming at him. He doesn't know what to do. And the eyes lock into his eyes. And in an instant, his madness leaves him. The coughing of the blood stops. And he returns to himself. self and then he finds out what am i doing where am i walking and he goes back to his house and says i'm i'm normal i saw a face in the sky and when that face in those eyes looked at me my madness left me my blood coughing all of that stopped and i feel something has moved inside of me and he has no clue ah later on he recognizes with the face of the lord jesus christ who looked at him one look of the face of jesus on a human being oh it does wonders it does wonders and then he walks and the parents are now petrified looking at him and they're still not able to believe he says oh, i'm normal i'm normal Just give me my belongings. And he walks away. His heart now skipping with intense joy. His spirit soaring to speak into the heavens. Because he's now felt the very eyes of God looking on to his eyes. And the madness left him and his body was now possessed by the Holy Spirit, which, about, about which he had no clue. But later on, he gets to know all of that. And now he goes up to the same hut where he heard the songs and he walks into them. It was a Christian family, a uh, very poor family. They had surrounded the children and with their Bibles and singing songs. He says, can I come in? He said, please come in. And they in the spirit recognized that God had sent this young man into their family. And then he says, is there a room? I feel like I want to, I just want to bow down to this great God that I saw. Who did you see? I saw this powerful eyes. And when it saw my face, my madness left me. And now I feel deep in my heart that God has moved in. And I want to bow down to this God that you're worshiping. He goes into the room, prostrates himself, and begins to worship. He has no idea even how to worship. He doesn't know how to worship, but he keeps chanting the name of Jesus. And then he says, as the hours went on, he felt his literal hands touching the feet of Jesus. And when his eyes woke up, he actually saw the Lord standing right in front of him. And the Lord puts his hand over him and says, I will be with you. He walks out as a man, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord's hand touching him, and the entire village begins to witness signs and wonders. And and this young man became one of India's foremost revivalists. One word from the mouth of God. One look from the eyes of God. Tremendous powers. To lift you. From where you are in life. Today. God is moving. And the spirit of God is alive. In outside of North America. Why is it that we are not able to experience. Such things here. Why? Why? I've been asking that question to the Lord. Now that I'm here, kind of a, like a reverse missionary. <laughs> you know, people ask me, you have a very Western name. I say, it's not. My name is very Hebrew. It's a Hebrew name. And I happen to believe in a Hebrew God. And in his human form, he was born in the Middle East. And in God's providence... God wasn't born in the east so that the easterners can say, hey, Jesus belongs to me. Neither was he born in the west so that the Westerners can say he belongs to me. Middle east, middle. That <laughs> both the east and the west, we all can partake of him. We have so westernized to Jesus. But he's a lord of the universe. That's how my mother experienced the Lord Jesus Christ. When she was a Hindu woman, oh, worshipping the idols and prostrating before them and one morning, the Holy Spirit moves and in a, in a splitting second, the, the Lord Jesus Christ tears into the atmosphere and reveals himself to my mother and speaks in her own language. And my mother, who was a Hindu woman who had no idea about Christianity, came into the world of the Lord Jesus Christ... Not because of a missionary, not because somebody came there and told her, but because of a direct intervention of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. If not for that experience, I wouldn't be standing here and, and, and actually sharing with you that which has deeply affected my parents and our family. And I come to you with the letter, as Paul writes, a letter written in the Spirit, not in mere words alone. We are so caught up. With a letter written in word. But we have missed the spirit. There has to be a deep hunger. For the things of God. Do you have such hungers? Do you feel. That your soul is aching. Breathe on us, Holy Spirit. Oh, how I love that song that we sang this morning. Breathe on us. Breathe on us. If you don't breathe on us, Lord, where shall we go? Which reminded me that in Book of John, chapter 20, verses 19 onwards, the Lord Jesus Christ looks at the disciples and says in verse 21, Peace be with you, as the Father sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Scripture says it. He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. The breath that you and I are taking right now comes from. From the very presence of God. It is He who has you in His mighty hands. And do you know that He has the power right now to snap you out of existence? And yet, how much of importance do we give to God? He's busy across the world. Moving in the lives of thousands and thousands of people. I cannot tell you about the lives that I witness, that I talk to every year. Of how people's lives are radically being altered by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Life should be spirit driven. And when it is spirit driven, it should lead you to fall in love with the Lord again. Like in the book of Ephesus, to the church at Ephesus, in the book of Revelation, the Holy Spirit says very clearly, I see that you have persevered and you have endured for my namesake and you have not grown weary, but this I have against you. What is it, Lord? You have lost your first love. That I have against you. You have lost your first love. And then he says, Those who have ears to hear, Let them hear what the Spirit is saying. What the Spirit is saying. And if you hear the Spirit speaking to you, you better respond to God. And ask Him, Lord, I want to fall in love with you again. I want to be driven into your Presence Again, and when we are drawn into the presence and into that love of God, Tozer says, we then become not as diplomats, but prophets. Our message is not a compromise, but an ultimatum. We're not diplomats to use diplomatic language about God. We, we carry the very life of God inside of us. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Life will take on a different dimension once you recognize how deeply in poverty your soul and your spirit is. Oh, precious Jesus, what does it then mean to experience the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? As Apostle Paul says, in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, not on human wisdom, not in the machinations of our homiletics and our scripted messages. No, but driven by The Spirit of God. And where does it come from? As you wait, as you sit in the presence of God. Back in India, before a church service starts on Sunday morning, all night long on Saturday nights, beginning at 10 o'clock, all the way night, early morning, 5, prayers will be going on. All night long prayers. This very discipline of all night prayer meetings are a forgotten thing in the Western world. And yet, we want God. God says, you're not with me. You're not seeking me. You're not waiting in my presence. All night long, sitting, waiting, asking, Lord, I have no other desire. I want you. I want you. What is it in America that we're running after? What is it in the society that we're after all the time? You keep talking to people and say, I got to go, I got to go. Where? To do what? To accomplish what? We are all living life, just like you. Millions of people in the world live life. What is it that you want to accomplish? What shall it profit a man if he gains the old world and loses his own soul? At the cost of your soul, you are running. And no wonder your lives are empty. You're aching. You go to bed, empty. You wake up, empty. You go to church, you're empty. And there is depression when you leave church. What did I get out of it? Paul Yonggi Cho, the great South Korean pastor, when he was invited to preach in Washington many, many years ago, uh, the leader came to him and said, Mr. H- Mr. Mr. Cho, uh, we've, got a, uh, we've got our script here, and it starts at this time, and, and uh, make sure you close. And Cho looks back and says, Nah, nah, 30 minutes, now nah. <laughs> I, I pastor a church of 1 million people. We speak all day long. Don't bring a Chinese and Indian into a church service. We will take all day long. <laughs> because we love God all day long. <laughs> we want God all day long. We want God in the night. We want God in the morning. We want God all day long. Do you want God? Do you desire God? What is it that you're running after? Satan has deceived. The deceptions of the things of this world. The deception of materialism. The deceptions of affections for the things of the world. The scripture says, if you love the world, then you are in enmity with God. Yeah. Set your affections on things that are about. Your hearts are affections here. Luke chapter 4.14 it says the Lord and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit. If the Lord needed the power of the spirit to move. How much more you and I need it. It says the Lord returned in the power of the spirit. Into Galilee and there he went out and the fame of him through all the region. Roundabout. John chapter six, sixty-three. It is the spirit that quickens the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. Every word spoken from the mouth of God, they are full of spirit, full of life. But the question is: are you listening to words? that are full of spirit full of life or are you listening to the words of me a man what our seminaries in the western world has failed to do ordinary people outside of this country have experienced in remarkable ways even When they had no access to any Bible knowledge. And the only knowledge. That they had access to. Was the revelation knowledge. Of who God was. So they sat in the presence of God. And desired God deeply. Wanted God deeply. Longed for God deeply. If your heart Is longing for the deeper things of God. And you are looking for a breakthrough in your life. A setting of the deliverance. And being set free. Go. After the things of God. Run. After the things of God. Every other pursuit. In this world. In your life. Is meaningless. You know how what a privilege for me to be now just talking about God and encouraging people. And I almost have to go back outside of North America to get the excitement and come back here, give it. Why? Oh, God is moving. God is moving around the world. I have not lost my hope for America. You know why? This God, this almighty God, Some of our forefathers and some of the great men in the 17th, 18th century of America, they have had experienced it, but they had to pay a price. Today, Christianity has become very processed. We have forgotten the organic. Processed Christianity versus organic Christianity. Everything is processed. Not the rich things of God. We have to run back to it. I want to continue a lot in the coming Sunday and I want to tell you if you come to God with a deep hunger and ask the Holy Spirit it is about time that you shift my life Lord. The Spirit of God is willing to do that. And I desire nothing less Than the presence of God. To take hold of your life. So that you. From this very moment on. Begin to have. A new affection for Jesus. A desire for the things of God. A pursuit. For all things. That matter truly. And deeply. Concerning heaven, the eternity. Or else you have to ask, what is it that I'm living then for? Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Holy Spirit. Grant me a new awakening in my life. Take away things that are not pleasing unto you. Lord Jesus, move into me, Holy Spirit of God. Take hold of me. Break through me. Come. And he will. Oh, precious Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit of God. We thank you. We praise you. I am continuously asking, praying. That America will experience a third great awakening. If your hearts and our spirits are in tune with the deeper things of God. God it is going to happen and i believe those moments are coming and as the spirit of god leads us we are going to witness something deep and profound in the power of the holy spirit as apostle paul says in first corinthians chapter 2 verses 3 to 5 in the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of god Thank you. Next Sunday, we've got to go deep. <laughs> Amen. Thank you.